Travis Bader, and this is the Silvercore Podcast. Silvercore has been providing its members with the skills and knowledge necessary to be confident and proficient in the outdoors for over 20 years, and we make it easier for people to deepen their connection to the natural world. If you enjoy the positive and educational content we provide, please let others know by sharing, commenting, and following so that you can join in on everything that Silver Horse stands for. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a member of the Silver Corps Club and community, visit our website at silvercore.ca. I've received a couple of messages from Silvercore podcast listeners and Silvercore club members wanting to know the ins and outs of hunting from horseback. This is an area that I don't have any knowledge on. So I reach out to my animal loving, meat eating, anacro Buddhist oppositional defiance disorder friend, <laughs> Rob Chipman. Rob, welcome to the Silvercore podcast. Thanks Travis. Um, it's exciting and, uh, scary to be here. <laughs> I'm looking around this fantastic studio and I'm thinking, who is this guy who is living the dream? It's like my own personal Joe Rogan experience. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Um, so yeah, thanks for having me. I should preface this by saying I am in no way any kind of expert about horses or horseback hunting or frankly hunting in general, but, uh, I do get my, I do get my nose dirty on it. So I probably have some insights that I can give. Well, I should also preface this by saying that <laughs> <laughs> the topic of talking about horseback hunting was really just a hook to get you on the Silver Corps podcast because you are such a wealth of knowledge of hunting and so many other things. And I figured if I could just pull the cork out and get you on a roll, man, the wisdom that you have been able to dispense over simple conversations that I've had with you in the past has been pretty good. So if we can distill that and put that into a podcast, and if it just happens to be from, I don't know, starting about talking about horseback hunting and seeing where that goes. Awesome. That is, that is funny. Um, so, <laughs> so horses, I mean, horses. I, so, okay. I, I look at this and I say. I've got a side by side. I got some quads. Yeah. I fuel them up. They work when I need them to work. As long as the battery's charged and things are running as they ought to. Um, Hey, that's easy. Like there is a romantic idea to riding on a horse, but what a pain in the ass. It is kind of a pain in the ass. There's no question about that. Um, you know, same thing. I've got a couple pickup trucks. I've got a little Suzuki sidekick. I've got a quad, used them all canoe. I've flown into places. And, uh, you know, all these things get you to the trailhead. Horses are a whole new level. Um, not a whole new level. They're a whole different level. As a kid, like a lot of people that do what we do, you know, I read books about explorers and trappers and things like that. And there was an image that it would be really cool to do what mountain men did, you know, go West, find some indigenous people make a trade for them, get some horses, go up into the mountains and do whatever. Yeah. And, uh, it takes a while for that to happen as a, as a 
teenager. I mean, I'm an old guy, right? So long time ago, I started, uh, I want, I wanted to go ride some horses on a trail ride. So hmm. saved up some money. Yeah. Went on a trail ride. Yeah. It's kind of boring. You know, some teenage girl leads you around and you go in a file and, but you're riding a horse. So that's good. Yeah, kind of fun, right? Yeah. A little later, I ended up living in Central America and I got access to, uh, horses down there. Two different types of horses there. There's, uh, there's a kind of horse called an Andalusian, which is a very well-bred, nice horse. And they, uh, have a specific gait and rich people on them. Okay. And then there are little jungle horses that if you're out in the jungle, you might get on top of and they're, they're tiny. They're smaller even than horses around here, but they're very good, very tough. And you know, as a, as a teenager, you go out and somebody says, Hey, you want to get on these horses? We just brought them in from the, from the mountains. They're all covered with ticks and you ride and a bareback and they're a little bit crazy, but you're young and it's fun. Sure. And then you go to work and you have a career. Mm. And you do it forever and ever and ever. And if you're not creative like me, you just put your nose to the grindstone and pay the bills. <laughs> and then like 2016 comes along. And in that year, I made a deal with a long-term employee to sell him half my business. Okay. That's on a five-year buyout. Yeah. So he bought half and we did a five-year transition at which time he would buy the other half. And the reason I bring that up is because 2016 was a time when I said, I'm going to be moving into retirement. Mm. What will I do? I should buy a vinyl sided rancher in Qualicum beach and mow the lawn. Okay. That wasn't very attractive. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't I, very attractive. I can't see that. Yeah. I said, so I should do some other stuff. And, uh, one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to do more hunting and more exploring. I've always, I've always had a chance. I've always, I've always taken advantage of the the opportunities to go explore new areas, go do cool stuff outdoors, you know, go diving, go traveling through the desert, go into the jungle, go into the mountains, do all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, so I got in touch with a character, um, a lot of people will recognize the name. His name's Larry Woodrow. I owe him a lot. He's... I recognize the name. Yeah. Respect the guy. <laughs> yeah. Very grateful to him. Um, and yeah, his name will come up around campfires mm -hmm. <laughs> in the strangest places. Guys will go, oh, you know Woodrow, do you? Uh -huh. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I had some friends and we wanted to do some sort of epic, uh, hunt. And so I, I emailed Larry and I said, we want to do an epic hunt. What's the best thing to do? Should we fly in somewhere or should we take some horses? Cryptic email comes back. Mile 274, Alaska Highway. Rent the horses from Stan. I've got the maps. Go in light, come out heavy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, I guess float planes aren't the way to go. You go with horses. Okay. I don't know who Stan is. I don't know what we do. About a week later, he sent me another email and he said, every year I organize a ride along the Fraser Breaks. There's no fee. It's by invitation only. Here's your invitation. Nice. I go, okay, good. So I went on that trip with him and, uh, I turned up and the first morning there's a rancher up there who rents horses to people who don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And he had a young girl working for him and she was riding this old horse and she said, this is Ginger. This is who you're going to be riding. She's a little bit rank. So I'm just riding the bronc out of her. 
Okay. And of course I look at her and I go, okay, yeah, you're just, you're just ribbing the new guy. So that's fine. It's early in the morning. Everybody's getting ready and you don't want to be late. So I'm looking at the horse and I'm ready to go as everybody's getting organized. And I ask Larry, Hey, everything here look good. And he comes over and looks at the horses. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, I think I would tighten up that rear cinch. Okay. So he does, he tightens it up a little bit. Okay, great. Comes time to go, saddle up, swing up into the saddle. This horse starts bucking a little bit. Mm. I'm really clear. My job is to stay on top of this horse. Mm -hmm. So my feet are in the stirrups. I'm out of the saddle in front of the horn. The horn's, you know, <laughs> pushing up my rear end. And the girl who had been making fun about riding the bronc out of her mm. is petrified. Oh no. That's she's, not what you want to see. Yeah. She's, she's going, oh no, this is, you know, and I could tell she hadn't expected this. Mm -hmm. We get it straightened out and somebody goes, oh yeah, no, she's a, she's a really good horse. She doesn't like that rear cinch being done. Uh, okay. <laughs> so that was good. Went through that, spent uh, a weekend there, did some great riding, saw, saw some fantastic stuff. And then went away to see a guy called Stan Walchuk, lives in McBride, has an operation called Blue Creek Outfitting. Okay. You go up there, I think you spent a week or something like that. And you go to his farm, his ranch, his whatever. He's got a, he's got, you know, 120, 160 acres in McBride. Beautiful area. If you ever have a chance to be up there in the summertime mm. when the days are long, it's fantastic. It's nestled in the, it's nestled in the mountains. It's just unbelievable. Very small town. Make sure you got everything you need before five o'clock because everything shuts down. All right. But anyway, went in there and took the course from Stan. And what Stan does is he teaches you a little bit about horses teaches you how to put pack saddles on horses and do a double diamond hitch and, you know, weigh packs and all that kind of stuff, hobble horses. And at the end of the course, he lets you take a saddle horse and a pack horse up into the mountains. Up you go, you go up there and you Just camp Just on overnight. your own or with a group or? Well, it's your choice. Mm. So, you know, you've been with these people for a week, hanging out, camping. Sure. So you say, okay, let's all, you know, we'll all go up together. And it turned out that we all went together and mm. it's fine. We got up there and we camped, go up to a place called Mount Lucille, beautiful place. Get up over the tree line mm -hmm. and uh, you're in the Alpine and go up there, camp overnight, next day, ride around, fool around and spend another night. And then you come down, mm -hmm. came back, went for the next ride with Larry and he said, how to go with Stan? I said, mm, yeah, I, th I think it went okay. Right. He said, well, did he say you could rent the horses? Oh, I have no idea. I wasn't paying attention. And Larry's going, that was the whole point. <laughs> Called him up. Sure enough, he'd rent me the horses. Awesome. I, I was a little bit dumbfounded because I'm thinking, this is too easy. Mm. You're going to give me a bunch of your horses. I'm going to go into the woods for a week or 10 days. And you're going to say, good luck. And I'm going to bring them back and we're all going to be okay. Yep. That's what we're going to do. Nice. Okay. So we did that and, uh, went out and, uh, did a trip with a few of my friends and, uh, their sons and we were out moose hunting and it was great. Mm. We're not really successful with it. Sure. Um, but it was okay. And it's a lot of work and I guess I'll, I can explain a bit of that later. Um, later we did another trip where we rented the horses from Stan and we went up to Dee's Lake 
And then we went down the Jade Road. And after a while of going down the Jade Road, some people will know this, but just south of, just south of Dee's Lake, there's a little campsite. I think it's uh, Tanzilla River campsite or something like that. If you've been to Dee's Lake, you'll know you come down a long hill about four miles, five miles before Dee's Lake and it's on the right hand side. Sure. So we go in there and we camp and there's a road there called the Jade Boulder Road. And I think on one of the reality TV channels, there's a show that shows guys getting Jade out of the mountains. Right. Okay. And that's that it. road takes you to that area. It goes all the way up over the, over the, the, the hill or the mountains on the, uh, on the east side of highway 37. And it goes to, it goes all the way down to the Turnagain river. Mm. And so we went in there and, uh, we were hunting caribou and we took the horses in and got some caribou and came back and, uh, it worked really well. It was funny because Stan, Stan's a great guy. Mm. Um, and he'll make all kinds of deals. I don't know if he's still renting horses for guys to go out sure. in the woods. He used to, but he's getting older now. He does still do the clinics because I've seen on social media that he's got some younger people helping him out. Okay. Good job. But, tip. uh, yeah, we, Stan said, oh, you know, do you think you guys have a truck that might be able to pull a trailer? And so we arranged that. And so we go up and it's, it's pretty hands-on and, and, and up close and personal with him because he takes one trailer with a bunch of horses. We take another trailer with a bunch of horses and away we go. Started driving from McBride through Prince George. We stopped overnight in Smithers, mm -hmm. found a place to, uh, found a place to keep the horses. We ran into a rancher there who, once he heard that we had horses, he said, oh yeah, I'll hook you up. Come down here. And he put us on a piece of his property and we had the horses overnight. That's next, cool. next night we went up to, uh, Dee's Lake and, and then we went. And so it was great. Come back after a week give the horses back to Stan and then he just moved them on to somebody else. He would, he would rent them out to guides and things like that. So it was a good time. Um, what's involved? Right. Again, I'm not an expert, mm -hmm. but I've learned a few things about horses because after those trips, um, I ran into, uh, we were doing another one of the, the rides along the Fraser and I was up there early and a lady turned up and she drove in and saw a new car come in and said, oh, here's a new person. Who is it? It's coming down. And she started walking down. And I go, I recognize her. She's the sister of a friend of my brother's. And I had met her on the West coast of Vancouver Island because we were out salmon fishing mm. and she was around. Mm. So bumped into each other. Oh, there you go. At that time, Larry was getting a little bit, uh, past organizing the rides and he wanted to hang it, hand it off to somebody else to organize the ride. So he handed it off to, to Pat and I, mm -hmm. and we've, we started doing that few hiccups with COVID and fires, sure. but that's what we do. And we're doing it again this year. But, uh, I got together with her after the ride and said, okay, we better organize what we're going to do for next year. There's not a lot of organization going on. So we met for coffee. We talked about that for about five minutes. And I said, what's new? And she said, I bought a horse. Really? Do tell. Yeah. So she told me what the deal was, how she bought the horse and where the setup was. And so I went down there and next thing you know. I'm talking to the guy who runs it and he says, yeah, I've got a horse here. I'd sell you. This one's probably pretty good. He could do what you need him to do. Go out, take him for a few rides, see what it's like. I'm still a bit of a neophyte at horses, but I took him out, rode him around and I said, well, will he like walk into blackberry bushes if I tell him to? He would, he'd go in until he's <laughs> gone. You know what, buddy, this is getting a little much, you know, will he go and circle around trees. Can I take them up to a gate and try and open the gate? Things like mm. that. This is all probably not stuff that you'll find in a horse book that says, here's how you 
here's how you evaluate a horse. But right. he was clearly a, he was clearly a very willing and well trained horse. So I said, okay, I think I'll I think I'll buy this horse. Went down to the guy and said, okay, I've got the cash here. I'll I'll buy the horse. And he said, I don't know if I really want to sell him. Oh come on! And I'm going. After all that. I've got the cash in my hand. You're supposed to play hard to get beforehand. Right, exactly. I'm already down for doing this. Well, the fact was he was a good horse and, mm. and, and the guy who had him, Darcy, liked him and kind of wanted to keep him and he was afraid I was going to take him away. And so when I said, no, I'm not going to take him away. He'll be around here. If you want to use him, you can use him anytime. Right. You know, cause he was boarding the horse for me. And so we worked out and we got the horse and I've still got him to this day. He's, 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 he's getting older. Sure. Every time I have, uh, the vet grind his teeth or check him out, they say, yeah, this whole, this horse is really old. I look at him <laughs> and I say, he's like me. He's old. He still goes out and does it. When we go out in the mountains and we're going up a hill, he, I have to hold him back. He, he really, loves it. yeah, he loves it out there. Okay. So we did that, bought a horse and, and, and got involved in it and, uh, and it's been great. And so I take him out. And, uh, for a while I had a couple of horses, I had a good pack horse as well, mm. but I, I've split that with my, uh, with my other partner. She's gone her own way with him, with, with that mare. So anyway, we were doing that. Who can do this? Anybody who does any kind of backcountry hunting, mm-hmm. anybody who drives the, the pickup to the end of the four wheel drive road and then throws on a pack and walks into the woods mm-hmm. and, you know, spends a few nights back there can do it. Anybody who flies in on a float plane mm-hmm. can do it, but there is a lot of work. Um, and there's different ways that it looks like, and there's a question of where do you get your horses and what can you do? Mm-hmm. So how should I best describe that? When, uh, when I took the, uh, when I took the course with Stan, one thing you do is you learn about horses and you learn how to hobble them up because you don't want them to run away at night. So you actually hobble their legs. Yeah, hobble their legs. There's, okay. uh, there's different types of hobbles. The ones I was introduced to were chain hobbles okay. with a little bit of bicycle tube around them. Okay. Uh, you know, bicycle inner tube around the parts that go around the, the horse's, uh, so ankles. You're, you're locking up your horse at night. You're locking up your horse at night. But of course, horses figure out right. how to do that. So sometimes you, you tie them up as well. It depends. A lot of guys will just say, you know what, make sure that you camp on the home side of the trail and put the horses on the away side of the camp. So that way at night, if they come walking through the camp, you'll hear them Mm. and you'll know you can catch them Mm. because otherwise they'll be far away. Well, can they, they can still walk with the hobbles. They can still okay. walk. In fact, uh, in one of the trips, we brought them back to a buddy's ranch and we hobbled them up and set them loose outside the little fenced area where his cabins are. Mm-hmm. And they came back and they jumped a fence with hobbles. Wow. I have chased horses. I don't know how long, but I've chased horses on hobbles a long time. They can figure it out. Mm. And like long enough that when you finally catch up with them, you're winded and you have to fight the urge to punch the horse in the head. It's fairly frustrating. You'll be so angry. You go, God, yeah. I won't use profanity, but you will if you're in that situation. I could see that. Yes. Yeah. So. But that's fine. Stan's horses are, are well-trained and they're good, they're good, they're good workers. Um, but when they stop working, 
they know. They know the workday's over and they get up to their they get up to their things. So what I learned from that was, okay, it's not a problem. You get down in front of these horses' hoofs and you put hobbles on them and mm. you try not to get kicked or pushed over or beat up. What I learned later is Stan's horses are really well trained. Okay. Not all horses will do that. Yeah. Um, I tried that with my, uh, with my gelding flash mm. and I threw some hobbles on them. Yeah. And, uh, of course, being the kind of guy I am, I did it while I was alone and mm -hmm. I had him on a lead and I put on the hobbles and he did not like them at all. And so I had a rodeo on the end of a, of a 10 foot lead line and I had to figure out how am I going to get these hobbles off this horse? Worked out. That horse is really good. Right. Flash, calm down. I'll fix you up. And he did. And I took him off. Same thing happened with pack boxes. For okay. some reason, I thought that he knew how to pack and I thought that I had put pack boxes on him before and, uh, I was confused. I'd put him on the mare. So I put him on him. Yeah. He didn't like him. He took off for a run and I had a chainsaw and gas and everything in the pack boxes already. Went off for a run oh, no. through the trees, spread everything all over oh, the place. No. It was quite, it was quite, quite fun. Somebody else in the camp said, I thought we had a grizzly bear coming through the camp. Well, how do you get the horse back when it takes off and you like that? You just hope and pray that. Well, you know, horses are like a lot of animals. If you have a good relationship with them, mm. they're, they're a willing part of that relationship. So in this particular case, Flash, my gelding was all worked up. But when I said, Hey, relax, I'll fix you up. Mm. He looks at me and goes, okay, I trust you. And mm. so he slowed down and I caught him and I fixed him up, mm. but it was a nightmare. <laughs> no <laughs> it kidding. Was, it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, so if you want to hunt from horses, there's two ways to do it, I guess. Okay. One is that you get on a horse and you just go walking through the woods. Mm. And if you see something, you're going to say, I'm going to stop. I'm going to tie up the horse. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to figure out how I can maybe make an approach on this animal. Um, another way that looks is you get on the horse and you ride out of camp and you go to an area that you want to hunt and you tie up the horse mm. and then you go hunt. So for instance, there's a place in, uh, South Central Interior that we go to and, you know, you it's very steep, mm -hmm. not perfect horse country, but it, you, you can make use of them. And so you go up to a, a great glassing place and you tie the horses up back in the trees and you set up the tripod and the scope and you look around and, you know, you see a bear and you say, oh, how are we going to get that bear or whatever. Mm -hmm. thing. The other way to do it is to pack into a location and then stop using the horses for all intents and purposes. Mm. You just put bells on them, maybe put some hobbles on some and you send them up into a bowl and they just eat and you just keep an eye on them. You try and keep them because mm. they'll wander, but then you go hunt. So for instance, Dee's Lake, that's what we did. So we would, we would turn the horses out in a good area and we'd put them in a bowl or in some area where they had lots of food and you'd say, they'll probably stay here. Hopefully mm -hmm. they will. And then you just go climb the mountain and you get up to the top of the mountain and you go look for caribou or whatever it is you're, you're looking for. And, uh, it's fun. You can run into problems, um, like anything else. Again, anybody who's gone out and done backcountry hunting, mm -hmm. you know, you think, well, it's going to be beautiful, blue sky weather, everything will be fantastic. And then the next thing you know, 
Yeah. You get snowed in. You mm -hmm. didn't get to where you wanted to be. You can't find firewood mm -hmm. or the firewood you find is really, you know, terrible. You figure it out. Sure. You know? So when I say I'm not an expert in horses, there's a lot of this stuff that, you know, I figured out. Right. And if you have a group of guys with you who are similar, you can pull it off. Now there's other ways to do it. You can, you can have outfitters take you in and you just ride the horse and it's their horses and they'll take care of it. Or you can go on a guided hunt and mm -hmm. there'll be a wrangler. But if you're doing it yourself, if you figure out how to get the horses, you need to wrangle them. You have to take in some food most of the time. You need to find places where they can eat and you have to, you have to look for places where horses can go. Is it a lot of food you have to bring in? You don't have to bring in a lot because what you'll do is you'll bring in little pellets or you'll bring in alfalfa cubes, things like that. So mm. you supplement it and some guys don't, but, but I do. I mm. like it when you bring, if you, if you bring horses back from a trip like that, you like people to say, these horses are in good shape. You took mm -hmm. good care of them. If you go in for a long, long trip, you have to worry about things like shoes. A horse may throw a shoe. Okay. Um, if you have somebody who knows a little bit about shoeing, that's great. Otherwise you might have to say. Figure it out. We have to walk this horse out without putting a big load on him. Things like that. Well, how much load can a typical horse take? I'm going to say a horse can take, let me figure it out. I, they can take a lot, but mm. what, what I do, these are my guidelines. I'm going to say about 110, 120 pounds. Okay. Now you can get a bigger horse that can take more, but I'm not a big guy. So if you have a bigger horse, the horse is taller mm. and you have to tie that knot on top of the saddle or on top of the pack saddles. Right. So what you do is you have two pack boxes and then you usually have a big bag or a couple small bags on top of that. Mm. So you're tying the knot and it's usually over your head, mm. maybe you're standing on a, on a log or something, but maybe you don't have that. So you have to do some of it by feel. So it's the first thing that happens when you look at this is you go, I need to get a great big Belgian or Clydesdale so I can load a lot of stuff on them. Right. It's probably not the way to go. Make okay. sure you have a horse that fits you. Okay. I should say the reason that this started, yeah. my wife got a, my, my wife was not a hunter, didn't know about firearms. Mm. She married me. She said, this guy's got guns and he's a killer. That's a little weird. I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> so she took the firearms course and the core course mm -hmm. and that was great. Yeah. I wanted to take the core course because like everybody else, this is awesome. I'll get more LEH opportunities. <laughs> there you go. She wanted to take the firearms course because she thought I'm scared of these things. Mm -hmm. I should find out what's going on with them. Mm -hmm. So she did that. Lo and behold, she got a moose draw. We went up. Yeah. Shot the moose. My wife is smaller than me. Yep. Hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying this, but if you're going <laughs> to go hunt moose, don't take somebody who's about a buck 20. <laughs> they don't carry, well, they probably carry their weight. They don't make enough of a, they don't make enough right. of a dent right. in the task. That's a lot of weight it's a, you're it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of weight. Um, the good part is I got the classic Joe Rogan pitcher. Mm -hmm. With a, you know, me standing in the meadow with a moose leg over my shoulder. <laughs> Show that one when they, when they put me in the ground. Yeah. But the bad part is it's a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And I just said, I'm getting too old for this. I need to get horses. Right. So that of course is why you say, I need to get a big horse. Right. And I'll do that and he'll carry a ton of weight and we'll have it licked. It's not it the way to go. It doesn't work that way. Okay. Get a horse, get a horse that fits you. Okay. Um, 
for me, yeah. that means a horse that I can tie a knot on top of mm. once he's got the pack saddles on. And for a saddle horse, it means something where the stirrups are close enough to the ground that I just lift up my foot and my foot fits in the stirrup. Okay. And then when I'm sitting in the saddle, the stirrups are the right length. Right. Okay. So, you know, yeah. big horses are great, but you, you end up having to jump on them from the side hill or a rock or a mounting block and things like that. Again, you have to figure it out. I figure it's kind of like a boat. Boat's always too big when you're fueling it and too big when you're yeah. mooring it. And yeah. the second you have it out in the water, it's too small. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, yeah, that's what you can do with horses and they'll get you into lots of great territory. It's good if you like animals. Mm -hmm. Horses have character. They all have different characters and they also have behavioral traits. They're, 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 they have, they have a hierarchy. They like to be in sort of a rhythm and a routine. Mares tend to push around geldings. Okay. Sometimes the geldings like it because the mare's not too, too bitchy. Mm. Sometimes they don't. Horses like to be in their herd. Mm. They don't like horses in other herds. And if you're not aware of those things, you can get into trouble. Um, we were up hunting caribou and a buddy got a caribou, got a bull. Nice. And we were all in the same sort of area. And what happened was, I'm trying to think exactly how it happened. I won't have all the details, but we were up on the mountain and I think we heard a shot. Mm. And so we looked down to where the shot is and we start looking at the guys through the glass. And it was funny because we heard one shot. And then we saw a cow Okay. and we thought, okay, so that's good. And then we heard another shot. And of course we're thinking, why is he trying to shoot that cow? Huh. This makes no sense. Right. Well, by the time we walked down there, he wasn't shooting the cow. He was shooting the bull. We just didn't see the bull. Mm -hmm. So yeah, okay, great. This is awesome. Uh, you two process the bull. We'll go back, get the horses to drag them back. Mm -hmm. So we went and grabbed the horses. They like to stay in a herd and they don't like to be separated, mm -hmm. but we didn't need all the horses. And so I thought, well, you know what? We'll load the packs on a few. We're kind of in a hurry. It's the end of the day. It's going to yep. get dark and we yep. need to get back there. So we'll load packs on a few and we'll take them up this creek to where the, where the, where my buddies have, have killed this bull. We'll just let the other ones run free behind us. They'll want to follow us. Mm. Well, they do. Okay. But they also say, I'm not working. I don't have packs on. So we can get into fights. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's, it's, fun. <laughs> yeah. If you have the right attitude, it's fun because, you know, horses <laughs> fight by kicking each other. Oh, jeez. And the ones with the packs that are being led. Yeah. They can't they fight up, back. They can't really fight back. And the horses that want to give them a beating, oh, they'll man. go broadside to them and start laying into them with. Really? Both. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like they'll break ribs. Oh yeah. Actually, horses can kill each other by kicking them. No kidding. No kidding. Even though they're a part of the same pack and they're yeah. all a part, they're all buddies prior yeah. to. Yeah. Huh. I mean, a story about that. I, I, I went on a ride with a friend of mine and I said, Hey, whatever happened to that horse you had last year, he got kicked by another horse, broke his leg, had to put him down. Hmm. Where I keep my horses now, I mean, in the, in the, in the winter, we take the back shoes off the back shoes, you know, when they, they, they come off periodically, mm. but for winter, take the back shoes off. He doesn't need them. And that keeps him. If he kicks somebody, he does less damage. Interesting. I yeah. never even thought of that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Huh. When I when I found the place where I had I had to move where my horse horses were, and so when I found the place where where I'm where I now keep the gelding, walked up to it's a, it's a hobby farm in Langley, and went in there and looked at it, and the lady had some horses. I immediately walk up. I look at the horses. They walk over to see me, and none of them have bite marks or scars on them. Mm. And so I immediately say, "Hmm, these are nice horses. Mm -hmm. They like people, and they don't fight each other too much." Mm. Put my gelding in with them. It it took about two months before we put them together, but we let them be friends over the fence. So they're just separated by a fence, so they can't lay into each other. Mm -hmm. But immediately upon getting in there, you could see he made friends with the other old gelding. The old mare was taller, would tolerate him. The younger mare wanted to just impose discipline upon him. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, they, they'll I do that. I don't know why. It never, never went through my head that horses could be assholes like that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do that. Um, when you're out riding horses, if you're, if you're in a string of horses going through the woods, mm. it's usually better to be in a line and it's usually better to be in a line that they like. Ah. If you're not in that, they will jostle to get into position and there can be competition where the horse in front says, no, you're not getting ahead of me. So that horse will kick. So you just have to figure it out just through You have to pay attention care. and figure it out. Yeah. And so you, you say, you know, have you ever been kicked by a horse? Absolutely. How? Usually riding a horse and another horse kicks the horse you're riding, mm. misses the horse, hits you, mm. that kind of stuff. So there's probably horse people listening to this go, Rob, you're an idiot. You don't know how <laughs> to do this. Again, I figure it out. Yeah. Horse kicks you, horse steps on you a few times. You figure it out. You go, pay attention. Yeah. Don't wear flip-flops. And if you are wearing flip-flops, really pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Lisa, who listens to this and works for Silvercore, and uh, if you if you call in looking for a membership, looking for a course, you'll most likely be talking to Lisa. Absolutely loves horses, and I know when this is over, she's going to have some uh, some advice and some some thoughts on it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure she will. <laughs> Believe me, there are lots of people who look how I look at how I operate with horses, and I'm sure they they shake their they shake their heads. Um, <laughs> Again, I'll say my job has remained the same. I got to stay on top of the horse. Mm -hmm. That's all I have to do. It's actually more than that. You got to take care of the horse, make sure that the horse is okay. Mm -hmm. but well, they got to come first before you really, if they you want to be successful. They do. They do. And I'm lucky. I like animals and with horses, I didn't know what could go wrong. I didn't know what would hurt them. Uh. You'll get advice with horses where one guy will say, yeah. Don't worry about that. That's a long way from his heart. He'll be fine. Mm. And then you'll find people who probably overcompensate too far the other direction, mm. but then you'll run into a guy who's a real horseman and you'll pick up some smart ideas from him. That really turns into a, a, a real life situation. I was out, we're doing a ride and I was there early and a fella turned up and we went and yeah, we went for a ride and he said, let's go, let's go here. Let's go there. And I said, I don't know, you know, I know this trail mm. and actually that's something else you should think about. It's not good to just take a horse and go into the woods and think that you'll figure it out. When you're on your own two feet, you can do that. Mm. With a horse, it's a little tougher. 
it's always good to know that there's a trail to where you want to go. Mm. And it's good if somebody holds you by the hand and takes you to the trailhead. That's good advice. And it doesn't matter how much of a big stud you think you are. Because mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm really of the opinion, chuck me out of a helicopter in the middle of anywhere. I don't care where it is. Mm -hmm. I'll survive. I'll be fine. Sure. Right. Um, I'll go on trips and I'll say, okay, if we're way back there and we break our leg, like how are we going to figure this out? And if the, if the answer is, well, I mean, we'll splint it up and we'll just crawl out because yeah. we know where the sun sets. So we know where home is. Right. I go, okay, I'll do that. You can't really do that with horses. You gotta be, you mm. gotta, you gotta be prepared. So you gotta find the, you gotta find the trail. Anyway, this guy says, let's go for this ride. I want to go here. I want to go there. I say, I think we should go somewhere else. You know, um, I'm not, I, I kind of know that area, but I don't have the trail dialed in against my better judgment. We went that way. Mm got lost. We're riding along and this, uh, first thing the guy said to me is he looked at my gear and he said, you don't have enough gear. You need to have more gear. How can you go riding around in the woods hmm. without all, you know, you need this, you need that, you need the other thing. I said, okay, well, whatever. We'll, you know, we'll figure it out. Hmm. I'm riding behind him and we're way, way back there. And all of a sudden everything goes into slow motion. I see the horse start falling over and he's on it. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is going to be interesting. I'm about to see a guy get killed as he rolls down the hill on a horse. Hmm. This is going to be a great story by the time it's all over. <laughs> sure. Right. It sucks now. Yeah. But you know, it's slow sure. motion, right? It's yeah. like when you're in a car accident and mm -hmm. everything slows down. Mm. This horse hits the deck, the guy bails out and he's okay, but we've got this horse lying on the ground, won't get up. Oh no. I'm going, okay. What do we do? try and get him up, try and get him up. I remember seeing an old story where some cowboys were, uh, were trying to break a horse and to take his attention away. The guy bit the horse's ear. So I'm like pulling out all this stuff saying, what can we do to get this horse up? Right. Really hard to do. We had three horses. We had one horse that we were trailing and he was a big, he was a big pack horse draft. So we hooked him up and we eventually got this horse to its feet. Right. And away we go. The guy who was riding the horse said, it's really important we get this horse up. If we don't, if they stay down too long, they just give up and they want to die. Really? Another, yeah. Another thing that's important is a horse uses its head to get up because there's a lot of weight in the head and okay. it's on the end of a neck. That's another thing to be careful about, by the way. If a horse swings his head around and inadvertently hits you. You're going to smart. Yeah. You're going to get a concussion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, uh, anyway, we got this horse up. And I thought, okay, great. This is good. This is a learning experience for me. You know, what happened? Horse put his foot wrong, fell down. Did it um, sprain ankle or break a leg? Nothing seemed okay. It was tired. Yeah. Got him back. And this was a guy who had said to me, you know, I, I'd put, I'd put some, uh, I'd put some hobbles on a horse and it, you know, kind of cut up his ankles a little bit. And, uh, the guy said to me, eh, it's a long way from his heart. He'll be fine. Hmm. Well, later on, the guy was out riding that horse again. And the horse keeled over and, uh, almost, almost died. It was a big deal and brought the horse back and needed a bunch of attention. And that's when I ran into a real horseman mm. and he explained that what had happened is that horse had been overworked uh. and had been, you know, just tired out, played out, 
Yeah, because you can you can run him to death. You can run him to death. Right. And this wasn't so much running to death, but he wasn't ready for the mountains, and it was tough. And horses, I guess, are. I mean, anybody who knows dogs and uh, is aware of, for example, border collies. A lot sure. of drive. Used to have a border collie. Yeah, exactly. And you can you can work a border collie to death. Sure. They will. They will. They will work themselves to death. So it's your job to make sure that you don't do that. Mm. Same thing with horses. Make sure you don't get horses into a problem where you, where you, where where they're gonna gonna maybe hurt themselves. So the wise horseman said to me, "Yeah, you know what? You gotta you gotta watch out. You gotta take care of the horses. You gotta make sure they have water. Got to make sure they have feed. Things like that." And he was throwing blankets on his horses. I'd seen lots of horses in the interior. I've seen them out in the snow. I've seen them out doing all kinds of things. And again, with horses, it's similar to dogs. You first get a dog, you project some of your identity onto him. Mm. Say, this dog is really great because I am great. And the dog is really tough because I am tough. Mm. And the dog should endure discomfort because. Because I can. Yeah. And you see that, you know, once you say it, you understand how crazy that is. Right. And what, what my friend said to me was, he said, these horses come up from the coast. They're not used to the interior. I throw blankets on them at night because you know what? They're going to work hard for me in the daytime. And I want them to use that energy in the daytime. I don't want them using the energy overnight mm. to keep themselves warm. And it was so counter to, it's a long way from his heart. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something you should keep in mind if you want to take horses into the woods. It's kind of like taking little kids into the woods. Mm -hmm. They'll love it. They'll have a fun time, but you're going to have to remember they haven't been fed for a while. Time to stop, stick some food in them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise we're going to have a meltdown and we're going to have an unhappy group of kids. Right. Have a nap time. Yeah. So it's similar with horses, except you're dealing with a, with an animal that's a thousand to 1500 pounds and has long legs and can break and. Stuff will go wrong. You'll want to find a way to go down a hill and it'll be a little steep, but you'll say, you know, we're cliffed out up here. Mm-hmm. We need to get down to that creek bottom. That's where we have to go. And you don't have to be doing this too long before you hear people share their story of when they watched a pack horse roll down a hill oh, until it fetched up against a tree. <laughs> yeah. That'd be scary. That's it's, a- it's a little scary sometimes. Yeah. Afterwards, you know, it's like that Steve Rinella thing. It's terrible while you're doing it. It's so much fun later. Right. Type right? two fun. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Other things will happen. You know what? Um, we were on a trip one time and, uh, we have to get, again, it's one of those things you got to get down from up high to down low and we're up north and we're in kind of Muskegee area and it's not great horse country, mm-hmm. but we're going to make it work. And, uh, a friend goes down he says, yeah, I think we can come down through here. And another friend follows down and goes a little bit off and all of a sudden the mare he's riding, her back leg goes into a hole. And she's got three legs that are up and one leg that is buried to her hip. Oh, and I'm up on the hill and I'm thinking, yeah. oh my God, we're like two or three days into this. Mm-hmm. And we're at the next stage where we level up because we're going to have to shoot this horse. Mm. Now, thankfully I got some great guys to hang around with. Two of them were immediately down pulling rocks out, digging the horse out. We got yeah. the horse out and it was yeah. okay. It all worked out. Yeah. But you got to be prepared. That kind of stuff. That is a consideration. Yeah. Yeah. It could happen. So if you're going out with an outfitter, like steamboat 
Mountain Outfitters or something like mm-hmm. that, they're going to have somebody who's going to take care of that stuff. You're not going to run into that jackpot mm-hmm. and you'll get exposed to, to horses. If you're going through, you know, the Musquakachika with Wayne Sawchuck, same thing. There's going to be somebody who knows more about it. If you're going in with a guide outfitter, mm-hmm. there's going to be a wrangler there who takes care of that work. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it yourself, you have to do it all yourself, which means you got to get up in the morning. Somebody else has to make coffee, get breakfast. You got to get up in the morning. You got to go find the horses. You've probably got them out in a meadow. They're hobbled perhaps. They've got some bells on them, but they can wander a lot in the night as they're grazing. Like how far away would you be looking? A mile. Yeah. Yeah. could be a mile. Now think about that. Do you, you GPS them? Uh, I don't. Okay. I don't know if guys can GPS them the way they do dogs. Mm. Normally what's going to happen when we're out, we're going to say, this is where we're going to camp. And the reason we're going to camp here is there's water and there's feed. Right. There's places to put the horses. Um, but you think about it. What are we going to do when we get up in the morning? Now, if we've walked in, we've probably got an area that we know we're going to hunt. We're going to get up before dark. We might go out there and find that place. We might go out with headlamps mm. with the red lamp, right? And climb the mountain mm. and get up there so that when the sun comes up, we're already positioned. Well, if you're going to have a bunch of horses, that means you either get up in the dark and take care of them mm-hmm. or somebody stays behind a camp and takes care of them or you don't get up early in the morning and get to your spot in time. Right. So that's something to consider. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if you've been using the horses through the day, you're going to say, okay, so we get to camp. If camp's not set up, we need to set up camp, whatever we're going to do. If we're going to put flies up, tents up, whatever, we've got to do that. Maybe gather some firewood, get things organized. We need to do that. Somebody else has to take care of the horses, mm-hmm. get them all unsaddled, get the tack all organized, get the horses fed, get them hobbled, get them, get some bells on them mm-hmm. and turn them out where they're going to be okay. If you're camping in an area and you've got horses that are going to ramble around maybe a mile away with bells dinging all night long, Mm -hmm. that might not bother some animals. I mean, you'll see pictures of moose running right through a horse herd. Okay. But it might. Yeah. And there might be guys in your crew who go, we haven't seen any game. I wonder if these horses are, are the reason. These walking tambourine jingle bell things. Exactly. So you got to keep that in mind. Um. The bells, the bells are important. And the reason they're important is because if you've chased horses for a while, you start sleeping with horses and you hear the bells at night and Mm. you go, ah, I'm so relaxed. I can hear the bells. (laughs) As opposed to waking up and going. And I hear nothing. "Uh Uh-oh, there's no bells. Damn it. What's wrong, right? Um, Other things go wrong. Middle of the night. You know, maybe you've, maybe you've thrown the horses in some kind of a rough corral cause you don't have a lot of good feed mm-hmm. and you don't have a good place to highline them or you can't hobble them. And then the horses break out in the middle of the night. Mm. And that's when you go, Travis, I am never going to forget that sight of you running around barefoot in your ginch, yeah. trying to catch horses <laughs> in the dark. You know, it happens, right? Yeah. It happens. Yeah. I mean, imagine you throw up a fly one night and you think, eh, it's nice. We don't need a really good fly. And then around two in the morning, yeah. thunderstorm comes That's through and it's getting you wet and you go, oh my God, we shouldn't have cut corners. Mm-hmm. Now we got to fix it. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things, those kind of things happen. 
So, you know, that's, that's horse wrangling. It happens. You have to do it. What about predatory animals like cougars? Is that much of a concern? Bears, I, I understand statistically, nobody has ever been attacked by a bear while on horseback. Apparently there's a statistic out there that says if you're on horseback, you are safe, statistically speaking. Okay. You're first off, in some respects, you're asking the wrong guy because I don't worry about very much. Yeah. I don't care. Um, people say, what do you do about bears? I go, well, I mean, sometimes I throw them in the freezer. Yeah. Sometimes I look at them. Um, am I worried about them attacking me? Not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if a bear jumps me, he's going to jump me. Yeah. I've got a 308. Mm-hmm. You know, people go, well, what's better bear spray or a rifle? I go, I'm not fooling anybody. I mean, if a bear is running at me, mm-hmm. you think I'm going to John Wayne him and shoot him from the hip and knock him down? Probably not. I say you have to have a firearm because if the bear jumps on your buddy, you can then do something about it. Mm-hmm. But I just generally don't worry about them that much. Um, I know two absolute stories. One is, uh, guys got a moose. This would, would have been around horsefly or likely. Okay. They got a moose late in the day, uh, started processing it, had to come back the next day, brought the horses in overnight. A grizzly had come in mm-hmm. and decided it was going to claim them. So that was a bit of a, that was a bit of a gong show. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that bear wanted to interact with the people on the horses. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Um, another time, I don't know where it was, if it was like, you know, it was, is Northeast BC. Um, some friends were riding in and, uh, they got charged by a grizzly on horses. It ended up great. Mm. And like a lot of those grizzly stories, you know. The guy's reflecting and saying, yeah, you know what? I mean, I'm on the horse, I'm leading some pack horses. I've got a bear gun, you know, a shotgun ready to go. Mm. When it happens, when it goes down, none of it is turning out the way it does in your dreams. It doesn't go like (laughs) that, right? It's like that Steve Rinella story where he says, I always wanted to get clawed by a grizzly. So I'd have the claw across the the scar across my chest. But then- when he has the actual run in with a grizzly, he goes, yeah, I no longer, I no longer have that dream because reality is not the way you imagine (laughs) it will be. And it never is. No. Now, when it comes to cougars, there is a story that horses buck as an evolutionary response to predation by cats. Hmm. So the cat jumps on the horse's back and the horse bucks it off. I don't know if that's true, but I know that my rancher friend has a horse that has some unbelievably impressive scars across his rear end Mm. because when he was a foal, cooter moved in and, and he had, he had several foals and the cooter moved in and knocked off a bunch of them. And this one survived. The mare didn't survive. She was so traumatized, Mm. um, that she couldn't, she couldn't recover. Her breathing was all screwed up. Something happened to her. The cat never touched her, but they ended up having to put that, put that mare down. Hmm. But the foals, uh, I mean, come out with me this summer, you'll probably see it. And yeah. it's got some great looking scars across its yeah. rear end because cougars will, cougars will knock off for sure. They'll knock off foals. Mm-hmm. I think if it was badass enough cougar, it'd knock off a, knock off a, uh, a, uh, a full grown horse. 
Do you have to worry about them when you've got them, you know, tied up somewhere? I think you do the same way you always have to worry about it. You know, when you're camping, do you have to worry about a bear coming in? It ain't going to change anything. It's not going to change <laughs> right. anything, but I mean, you know, you say, well, you know, we'll try and keep a clean camp. Mm-hmm. We'll try and have some bear spray around. Mm-hmm. We'll try and know where I put the rifle, mm-hmm. you know, we'll yep. be prepared for it. Right. We'll know what to do. Similar with horses. You just got to keep an eye on them. Now, if you turn them loose out in a field, you're not really keeping an eye on them. When I say that you can hobble them up, put some bells on them and turn them loose in a bowl. Mm. Again, picture yourself up in the mountains. You're going to let them go in a bowl that you're not going to be hunting caribou in. Mm-hmm. You're going to be hunting somewhere else, meaning you're going to be far away from where those horses are. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like when you get back to camp, you'll say somebody better go up and make sure the horses are okay. Mm-hmm. You've been away all day. Maybe a grizzly came in and killed four or five of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't heard of that happening. I don't worry about it too much. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know if like a hobbled horse is just looks like kind of meals on wheels to, to a cat. Uh, I don't know the interaction between bears, but I'm learning more now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could, it, you know, it could be, I will say this. I went to the Namaya Valley. Uh, that's out by Choco Lake in the sure. Chilcotin. And if nobody's been there, you should go. Uh, it might be tough right now with COVID. That's, that's in Silcotin Nation declared title land. So they might have it shut down. Right. But if, if, if things change and you get a chance to go there, you should go. Silcotin have a long history with horses. And when I went into that campsite, right off the bat, somebody comes up and says, hey, have you seen the grizzly come down? Grizzly's trying to get some of the foals in that horse herd. Really? What happens? You should see the mares run that grizzly off. Really? Yeah. Now, you know, we have a lot of wild horses in BC, feral horses, wild yep. horses, whatever you want to call them. They live out there and they survive. Mm. So, you know, do moose and deer have to worry about predators? Yes, they do. Do they know how to deal with them? They, they've got some tricks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember hunting a caribou one time and we never got him, and we chased him all day long and he schooled us. Mm-hmm. And the lesson that I took away from that is he looked at us and said, you guys are predators. I'm prey. Right. Not my first rodeo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get big and attractive this way. Right. By losing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, and I think horses probably have that built into them too. They can, they can do some stuff. And as I said, you got to be careful with horses among each other. They can hurt each other quite a bit. That never crossed my mind before. That yeah. just, it seems... Like you get a pack of dogs together, sure, they mm-hmm. might fight, they might play fight, but for the most part, they figure it out and, yeah. and, and they get along. Yeah. Like pack of horses and yeah. I wonder why that is. They don't well, have the sense or they got so much sense that they. It depends. Horses are individual too. So I gotta be, I gotta be clear. They don't all do that. You don't mm-hmm. always have nasty horses, mm-hmm. but sometimes you do. And it can be any number of things. I ran into a horse one time that had had a bit of a stroke, so it didn't have good sight on one eye and its tongue was a little bit paralyzed and it's, it's hearing wasn't that good. Mm. You approach from that bad side. Oh, you're in trouble. There was a lot of fear in that horse. Right. And fear can turn into some bad reactions, mm. right? And I've described my gelding already. When he gets scared, I can say to him, hey, calm down. And he's got the trust and confidence that he will do that. Right. I've taken him through some terrain that is, is, uh, difficult and scary. Yeah. You give him a little time to calm down and he'll do it. 
Will right? you walk them through that? Oh, a lot of times. Sure. Yeah. A lot of times. A lot of times. One thing you got to remember with horses, a lot of times you're getting off the horse. Yeah. And you'll do that also because if you're on the horse for a long time, it's good sometimes to get off and walk and get some blood going through your legs. I should imagine. Yeah. But horses get scared of things and sometimes it's, it's not something they should get scared of, but they do. Mm. And if you try and stay on them, it might end up not being good. Right. Um, I remember one time my guy Flash is a little bit funny about water. I say a little bit, like when you're leaving, hmm. he doesn't want to cross the water. When okay. you're coming back. No problem. No problem. Right. Day's over. Yeah. Going to go eat. Yeah. But, uh, we were looking at a little creek one time and I wanted to get him across and he didn't want to, and he kept getting closer and closer to a tree and I kept fighting him through that and trying to get him across. Hmm. And, uh, it ended up that he ended up jumping across. We were close to the tree, hmm. not quite enough room. Hmm. So when you have me between a horse and a tree, you know, who ends up of course. saying to everybody, oh, I'm good. No problem. <laughs> Just covered in mud down here. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's a time when you might want to say, you know what, why don't we just lead this guy across? Mm. And that, you know, people might be picturing what you're going to wade through a creek. It's not always that. Sometimes you're up in the mountain and there's a creek that's only, you know, two or three feet across. Um, you can jump across it, but the horse doesn't want to go across it. And the entry to it is a little bit snotty. Mm. Sometimes it's better. Just get off, grab the lead, say, come on, you can come with me and you can pull it off. So if you have a group of horses, are you tying them like tail to, tail to nose sort of thing, or are you just kind of trusting that the other ones will follow if it was like one person and. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good question. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. So generally you're going to be on a saddle horse. Okay. And you're going to have a lead to a pack horse. Yeah. And then if you have other pack horses, you'll tie the pack horses together. Now, some people will tie the lead on the second pack horse to the tail of the first pack horse. Mm. Some people will have what's called breakaway tie, twine, which is basically it's, 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 uh, bailing twine. It's where okay. you get her off a hay bale. So it's more of a psychological lead than anything. Well, no, is. what happens, it's not a psychological lead. What happens is you'll tie that to the saddle, mm. the pack saddle yeah. or to the harness, wherever you tie it, wherever you want. And then you tie the lead on the second pack horse to that. Mm -hmm. So if something happens, they get spooked or maybe one of them goes on the wrong side of a tree or they get caught between two trees. When there's a bit of a wreck, that bailing twine breaks. Right. Okay. You don't pull off the packs. You don't have two horses trying to run in different directions. Mm. So, so that works. You can also just say, these horses are okay. We're going to lead a couple and we'll let the other ones follow on their own and figure it out. Mm. If you've got good horses that understand that, they'll do it. Um, I borrowed a horse one time, JJ, his name was great horse, really nice, really nice attitude, dumber than a sack of hammers. Mm. We had him following behind us. And we're going through bro blowdown. It's, it's BC, there's beetle kill, there's blowdown all sure. over the place. Stuff that you can walk up to and throw a leg over, a horse has a hard time sometimes getting four legs over. Right. So you're picking your way through it. You don't want to break out the chainsaw and you don't want to always be dealing with this pack horse. So we let him walk free. Had to keep an eye on him because he'd start grazing. Yeah. We'd be a hundred yards down the line and he'd be lost. He'd be going, wait, where'd you go? How do we figure it out? So he wasn't appropriate to lead or he wasn't appropriate to follow. Right. But some of them are great. Some of them will do it. 
You run into other problems with, with pack horses. They've got pack boxes on them. You go between two jack pines, mm -hmm. you ride between them. The horse behind gets stuck. Right. Can become a nightmare. Now I was, I, I, I was, I was lucky. I've just been, I've, I've, I've acquired good horses. I mean, the mare that I had up until last fall, that would happen with her. The lead would get yanked out of your hand. You'd look over her shoulder and she'd have a look in her eyes like, buddy, you've got to pay attention. I've got packs on my back. <laughs> I can't get through this stuff. Right. But again, if you like animals and you have relationships with animals, you, you start to pick up on that stuff mm -hmm. and, and you, and you figure it out. So, you know, I guess one big benefit to uh, hunting with horses would be the length of time you can be out. You don't have to have extra fuel with you to keep these things fueled up. Um, what are the other benefits? It's quieter. Right. Okay. Also, if you ever try and take an ATV down a horse trail, you'll find they often go along steep hills mm -hmm. and a horse needs about, you know, 10 inches in order to walk down a trail. Right. A quad needs, you know, two and a half, three feet. Right. And if you're on a 45 degree angle. Yeah. Sidling, that's not fun. It's not too fun. Right. No. Um, so that's, that's good. It will get you into some areas, you know, close to motorized vehicles. Sure. Horses yep. can go up there. Yeah. Right. You can go all over the South Chilcote and go through Big Creek Park, all kinds of things, um, with horses. Hmm. Um, yeah. So you don't have to take fuel. You can get into areas that are close to motor vehicles. You can maybe get back further. You can go over terrain that, that, uh, a quad can't mm -hmm. get into. Um, but also there is the aspect of what do you like more? Do you like hunting more or do you like horses more? For me, it's a pick em. Mm -hmm. I'm a little, uh, I've, I've got more time for doing things now. Mm -hmm. So I can say, well, I'll go in there and yeah, it takes some time and you got to organize things. But once you're there, it's okay. It's like flying to Thailand. If you're only going there for a week, mm. it's very expensive. Mm -hmm. If you're going there for a month, it's easier because once you're there and you're set up, the amount of time that you're there, it, it, it's Levels easier. Out. Yeah. So yeah, so that's, that's, that's good fun with horses doing that. You do run into jackpots. Things can go south. You have to be prepared, I guess, if you're using somebody else's horses. Mm -hmm. You go, who am I getting them from? Am I going to take good care of them? Will they come back in good shape? If something goes wrong and I have to kill this horse, how am I going to explain that to right. the guy I got the horse from? Is he going to be okay with it? Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, it's good to have your own horses. Then you don't have to worry about it, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What else can I tell you about them? It's, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of tricks you have to learn with tack. You have to learn how to saddle a horse. Oh, I guess we should go back to this. The whole thing far from his heart. Right. Um, you put a saddle on a horse, horse, the saddle is supposed to fit the horse. Right. It's supposed to be kind of comfortable, supposed to not do damage to him. When I started out, lunchtime comes or we take a break, I'd rip off the saddle. Okay. Take a look at the horse's back. Does it look okay? What am I looking for? Mm. I don't have a clue. I'm just trying to make sure that nothing is going wrong. Well, at one point in time, horse came in and a uh, lot of gear on the saddle, everything that it needs. And uh, the guy said, can you take the saddle off? I'm a little tired. Took off the saddle. Damn near killed me. It was so heavy. 
And I see that this saddle has been rubbing the horse through the blanket and through the pad. Mm. And he's got a saddle sore that is probably the size of two of your thumbs put together. Yeah. No hair, no skin, just pussy, oozy, gooey uh. stuff. And you go, that's what I'm looking for. Right. That's what I don't want to find. Right. All the times I've taken off the saddle and thinking, God, am I being an idiot looking at this horse? Mm -hmm. Now I know I'm not. Because that's what a day takes. And the horse is what's called a dumb animal. Mm. Doesn't mean it's stupid. It means it can't talk. Mm -hmm. You got to be looking for behavior because behavior is communication. Somebody missed it with this horse. And after that, you go, we're not putting a saddle on him tomorrow. No kidding. We're not using him. Yeah. He's out of action. Uh-huh. Big, strong beast. He's smart. He's willing. He put up with all of that, but we're not using him tomorrow. Right. So the next day, obviously, lunch came. I didn't feel bad about pulling the saddle off my horses <laughs> and just checking them out. They're fine. That's good you know, advice. It's like checking hoofs and things like that, right? right. Are they, are they Okay. The other thing about behavior being communication, I learned something about, you know, you hear about horses going lame. What will happen? What will we do? Mm -hmm. And what I found out was, uh, they'll do something. They won't behave the way they normally do. Mm. And it takes you a while to figure out that behavior is communication. And in this particular case, I had a friend on my mare. I said, come on, just put the heels to her, um, get her going. Mm -hmm. Break her into a trot. Cause I was trying to teach them how to ride, ride horses. And I said, you know, walking is fine. Trot's the hardest one. It's, right. it's so jostling. And there are people who will teach you how to do it properly. Me, I'll look at you and I'll say, you're going to figure it out, but I'll tell you what, if it feels like somebody's jackhammering your junk, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Do something else until it feels like you can make it work. You got to use your legs. You got to use timing. You got to feel the rhythm of the horse. Anyway. This guy couldn't get the, couldn't get the mare out of a walk. Right. And it took me a while to figure it out. And then I went and looked and I go, first off, she's thrown a shoe. Second off, she's got sore feet. Mm. That's why she doesn't want to do what she normally does. Got her back to town, had somebody look at her and she goes, no, no, she, this horse has got big hoof problems. She's been in too much wet ground. Her hoofs are screwed up. We're going to have to do a, uh, program of getting them back in shape. That mm. takes about six, it took us about six months to get it done. Okay. So that's something to think about. It's kind of like you're going out with your gear and your gear breaks mm -hmm. and you say, we can't just fix it right now. This right. is going to take a while to fix. And you're in the middle of a hunting trip and you go, what do we do? So you have to be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of people, they're going to go, no. Don't want horses. Yeah. That's, that's, it's going to cramp my style too much. And it certainly can. Mm -hmm. It certainly can. So you got to be, you got to be aware of it. Good way to start. Go out on a trail ride. See if you like horses. Some people are afraid of horses. Right. You know, um, I've tried to get my wife to come out with me a lot. She's worried about being on top of a horse. Okay. She's worried that she'll get thrown. She's worried she'll get stepped on. She's worried she'll get bit. Those are the ones that end up getting thrown, stepped on or bit because they're, they're worried about it. It's in their mind. Yeah. It's, somehow it's a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy I've found. It could, it could be. You, you know, Nicole, and you yeah. know me, she's a survivor. Mm -hmm. We've been together well over three decades yeah. and, uh, 
I now finally appreciate how much she's put up with it. She's good. <laughs> we've worked out a good, we've worked out a good system. And this will tell you how, how, how good my horse is. She will walk and I will ride and my horse Flash will just tuck his head in right over her shoulder because mm -hmm. he goes, I like her. And he just walks beside her. Yeah. Doesn't knock her over. And, uh, you know, in the summertime when we're out just fooling around, that's a great way to spend time. We go and we climb mountains and we go look around and we see all kinds of stuff. Very cool. Now, if you're going hunting and you say, let's really buckle down, you're probably not saying, oh yeah, you know, we'll just walk with me on the horse and my wife in front. We'll have the dog say, we may as well bring along some toddlers. Mm -hmm. There are times when you do that with hunting. I mean, that's how you introduce kids to hunting, mm -hmm. but it's not the kind of serious hunting that you do with your buddies when you're going into the back country right. and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're being really hardcore. Right. So you have to keep that perspective. And, you know, if you think that horses are going to be the solution that's going to get you into the sweet magic, you know, honey hole mm -hmm. where you're going to get epic game. That's not how it works. Right. But if you've got the right perspective and you've got time, it works out well. We were in the itches. We flew in there. Right. So flying to Itch Lake and we walked up the mountain and we went hunting caribou and, uh, got a great bull. And it was, it was, it was a funny day because, uh, we, we dropped that bull. It was opening day, dropped the bull. And then we saw a helicopter flying over top of us, circling around, circling around. We go, I wonder what they're up to. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you know what they're up to? They're COs. Right. So they saw us, they circle down, they come down and everybody's panicking going, oh my God, oh my God, are we guilty of something? Have we done something <laughs> wrong? What's going to happen here? Thought we were fine. What yeah, the hell? Thought we were fine. What's going to happen? Guys come out, out of the helicopter, look at your tags and everything. Yeah. And they walk over, they go, oh, nice pull. Pretty good. Um, that part was funny. Uh, if, if you haven't run into CEOs out in the back country recently, they've got like a, they've got like an iPhone on steroids mm -hmm. that has a bunch of information on it. So yeah. you give them your ID and they can tell, and they might say, so it says you should have a mule deer tag here as well. Mm -hmm. And you, know, you better have it so you mm -hmm. can show it to them, all those kind of things. So, so those guys, those guys turned up. Then, uh, two guys rode up on couple horses. I think they had a pack horse as well. Okay. Young guy dressed up, camo kuyu gear, all the high tech stuff. Yeah. And his dad, jeans, ski jacket, chain smoking. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, Gary and Devin, I think they were, they come up and they go, nice bull. Gary says, uh, you know, can I bring my horses up, get them used to, uh, to the smell? This one's a new one. Mm. and, uh, he's not used to it. We said, sure, come on up. And we did. And we had a great chat with him. And, uh, we actually told him, we said, you know, we've been up here a few days scouting and, you know, we've got a bull, but we're going to tell you down there, there's another herd. We're pretty sure there's a shooter in there. Mm -hmm. So they go, okay, that's great. And they leave and, uh, they go down and later that day they're coming back. Sure enough, they've got the bull in it. It's funny because as they were leaving, my buddies and I, we look at each other and we go, what do you think about old Gary there? The old cowboy hat, ski jacket, jeans, mm -hmm. chain smoking. You think he's a closer? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is. So sure yeah. enough, they come back with the bull and, and they were all happy and they paid us back later. We went down to the, to the cabin and we'd been, uh, we'd been eating out of, uh, 
been eating freeze dried food the whole time. Mm. And we said to those guys, Hey, any chance you might have like some onions and maybe some spice, you know, cause we got a new caribou and we want to eat some. Uh huh. They set us up so good. They said, yeah, we're on our way out. We'll give you the homemade bread from mom and we'll give you all Beauty. this stuff. And, uh, also some out. Cuban cigars and a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> and we're thinking like, why are you doing this? And well, it was cause we turned them onto the bowl, which right. we had just done because you go, why not? We're good. And yeah. you know, yeah. But anyway, the reason I tell you that story is because Gary raised those horses himself and he came in with his son, Devin, and he had not been up there hunting caribou since he had been up there years before with his father. Mm. So from that point of view, um, it was kind of cool because they had a three day ride in and then they had time when they were up hunting there and then they had a three day ride out and it was a great father and son That's trip. really cool. Yeah. And the coolest part of course, is that when they left the cabin, they left and we waved goodbye. And about a half hour later, they came back and they said, wrong trail. <laughs> <laughs> they had gotten lost, so they had to come back. Oh, it's pretty it, was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful horses too. Gary raised the horses himself. So they're all matched, nice bays and, uh, it was good. So it's a perspective thing. They're not the magic bullet as, mm. as anybody who's hunted for a long time, there is no magic bullet. No. You got to put in the work, you do it different ways. Some guys hunt from boats, some guys fly in with planes, some guys do it in trucks, some guys walk in, mm. some guys do all of that. And, uh, Yeah. That's how horses, that's how horses are. That's horses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll have some questions coming up in, in the comments or quite often we'll get emails coming through. Uh, Rob, thank you so much for being on the Silver Core podcast and sharing these stories. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was, uh, it was not as scary as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Lots of fun. Thanks, Travis. <laughs>